Thanks for having me. Um, let's pray. Yeah, Lord, we just welcome you here. Thank you that you are here in the midst of us. Yeah, we want to hear your voice, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're going to impart to everyone here some of the things that you've imparted to me. Lord, I just ask that every word that leaves my lips will be approved by you. Thank you that it is by your power. It's by your spirit. It's by your word. Yeah, we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Um, I've been reading this book recently. It's, it's by St. Teresa, if you've heard of her, St. Teresa of Avilia. And um, it's called The Interior Castle, which I thought was quite fitting for today's message on intimacy. Um, but I thought I'd just share just a little bit of her story because I thought it was quite, um, quite funny and um, powerful in a way. Uh, so St. Teresa, when she was a young lass, um, had a little bit of a tryst with her cousin. Now back then, the cousin thing was quite normal to do, you know. Um, and no one really knows, like, you know, how far things went, if it was just some innocent hand-holding or, um, you know, they just fell in love and they were shut down by everyone, you know. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, she was a young girl um, and her father sent her off to a nunnery to try and quieten all the rumours <laughs> so he could get her married off to some rich fellow when he was ready to. Anyway, um, St. Teresa ended up... His, his plan basically backfired because... She, in going to the nunnery, she was like, oh, wow, I actually, I like this. I like this life. And she ended up committing her life to um, being in the convent. Um, and she would say that she would often see the, the nuns around her weeping, you know, at, at Jesus' feet, statues of Jesus. And she just didn't really feel much at all, to be honest. She wasn't very moved. Um, but years on, St. Teresa actually began encountering God in really incredible, miraculous ways, which is why she's known as a saint now. And um, even one story is that she was, you know, in choir singing, and she opened her eyes to see that she was levitating um, while she was singing. And she said, God, put me down. <laughs> she was so shocked. Um, and so was everyone around her. <laughs> um, but I shared just a little bit of her story to say, I think some of us believe the lie that, like, that's, that encounter with God in supernatural ways isn't for us, or like we're not wired that way, or, you know, um, 
you know, we're not that type of person, but I love what Liam said um, last week, which was that we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. We're not um, earthly beings having a spiritual experience. And so, um, you know, it's, it's more natural for you to encounter God in the spirit, in the heavenlies, than for you to be sitting on the pew right now. But do we believe it? Will we believe it? Um, yeah, so what I want to share with you today, um, I might just share just a little bit of my, my journey to start, my journey to intimacy with the Lord. Um, so I was about four or five years old when I first uh, gave my life to Jesus or, you know, heard about this man who, um, you know, died naked on a cross for me, which I thought was a little bit strange and intriguing, but I accepted this uh, message that I was told at four or five. And it was about... Um, and, and I, would talk, I remember talking to Jesus as a four or five-year-old girl. So I feel like I've known Jesus all my life, in a way. But it was, it was about a year later that um, the devil really sought to destroy that little girl who loved Jesus and who knew Jesus. And, um, yeah, at the age of six, just... Um, the worst kind of things that could happen to a six-year-old were happening to me. And, and that led to just so many attacks, you know, um, you know, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Um, the devil was out to, like, torment me in any way that he could and to steal the love that I had found in Jesus. And so... Um, it was, I was about 15 years old when I first met the Holy Spirit. And he rocked up in my bedroom um, the night that, you know, I was having these very strong suicidal thoughts. And um, yeah, he, wow, <laughs> power. Um, he was quite, quite um, an interesting person to me. And I slowly started to get, get, to, get to know Holy Spirit a little bit better. Um, and then at 20, I actually, because to this point, I had not been discipled properly, you know, I was just putting pieces of the puzzle together. Like, I hadn't really grown up in church, like, you know. And so, um, at 20, I, I fully surrendered my life to the Lord. And Jesus and Holy Spirit, best friends running around, like, on fire for the Lord. But it wasn't until um, I was, so this is only like five years ago, when I received the message of righteousness. When I fully understood the righteousness that I have in Christ Jesus and what that meant for me, what the gospel really means for me, um, that I fully got to know Father God. Um, and so... Um, I guess today I just want to, it's been a journey, 
it's been one of these kind of journeys. Um, and I just want to bring to you the little bit of what I carry in the Lord. You know, we all carry something in our lives. And, um, you know, even if all my words might not mean anything to you today, I really believe you're going to catch something in the spirit um, because I believe Jesus wants to impart something to you. And so I'm just going to give a little bit of what I have and um, I just believe that he's going to move in this room. Um, and if you can... If you can open your heart to this, I really believe your life won't be the same if you can really grab it. Um, but it's by the heart, it's by faith, not by the mind. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> this is like my message for like the last five years. But it's, I, I'm going to call it the practice of receiving. Okay? So everything that you have, everything that you have, Everything that you have, you were first given. You don't own anything that you have, even yourself. You don't belong to yourself, but you belong to the Lord. And anything that we could ever give him, he gives to us first. Isn't that mercy? How beautiful is that, that he would, he would give us a flower that we could pick and give to him? Wow. In humility, receive the word implanted. Um, I have a couple of older brothers and they're twins. And um, growing up with with them was very fun. They're quite characters if you've ever met them. (laughs) And I remember this story. um, I may not have even been alive at this point. When they were young, yeah, they were young boys in their little car seats in the back of the the car. Um, So Cam and Locke are their names. Cam was like, um, he had, you know, some toy like maybe a Ninja Turtle or something, and he dropped it and he couldn't find it. And he was, you know, making a fuss because he wanted his toy, and (laughs) mum turned around and said to him, goodness, if it was any closer, it would bite you. (laughs) And my brother was absolutely terrified. He was absolutely terrified because he was like, he, at, he just took her at, at, at her word. And isn't that what kids do? You've got to be careful sometimes what you say around a kid because they'll just take you at your word. And the Lord really invites us to that posture of heart. The kingdom of God is received like a child. How do we receive his word like a child? It's the most humble posture to take. In in, um, Hebrews chapter 4, it's talking about the Israelites and their... um, their journey in the wilderness and um, scripture says 
for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So they were given the word, but it didn't profit them, it didn't, they didn't benefit from it because they did not mix it with their faith. And so there's this, there's this union that happens, that comes together. The word, Jesus is the word. What is God saying to you today? What is he saying to you when you open up the scripture? Are you uniting your faith with him? There's an act in it. It's not passive. When we receive something, there's something more that happens. We see it, we might feel it, we might hear it. We're absorbing something. It's actually quite tangible to receive something. It's just that we don't notice that kind of transition as it happens. And sometimes, you know, it's a, a lot bigger and more obvious, but how do we receive the word implanted? Um, it says in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And when it's talking about eyes here, it's talking about eyes of the mind. Um, I pray that the eyes of your mind be enlightened. So as a spiritual being, you have eyes that can see in the spirit. That's more natural to, to you than your natural eyes. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Right now when I'm speaking, the word is coming upon certain things I'm saying. Are you receiving it? Humble us, Lord, to receive everything that you have for us. Um, I just love talking about imagination. It's such a powerful thing. Um, Albert Einstein recognised imagination as like the most, like one of the most powerful forces in the universe. I feel like in the Western world we kind of like imagination is a silly thing. You know, it's a childish thing. Um, it's like being de de downgraded. You know, and scholastic, you know, intellectual thinking has been upgraded. Um, but it's, it's an incredible gift God's given us. Sometimes we've used it not well. We've, like, violated what was given originally for a, for a God-given purpose and reason. Because we're spiritual beings and like God, he's given us the ability to create and this imagination realm is, it's so part of that creation process. 
Nothing that you see in this room existed without first being imagined by someone. It's crazy, isn't it? Someone's seen something, they've seen it, and they've taken it from this invisible realm and brought it to life in this room. And you're sitting on it. <laughs> or you're wearing it. <laughs> Do you know, it's so interesting. Um, your, your brain actually doesn't know the difference between imagination and real life. Isn't that crazy? It believes it as if it's the same thing. They did this... Um, this study once and they got a bunch of basketball players to like they halved them and they said all right this half we want you to just like practice doing your your two points uh, your jump shot it's been a while since I played basketball um, and then for two weeks we'll get this other group to just imagine doing their two shots only imagine it and then they got them after two weeks to do their jump shots and there was almost no difference to the, the success rate. There's something powerful when we, we, we use that, the faculty of imagination that God has given us and use it for his glory, a platform for his glory. And we've used it so many things for so many other things, Even, and, and not always bad things, not always sinful things. Sometimes they're just like neutral, but... Not very beneficial things, like imagining that burger I want to eat at lunch. Like, you know, <laughs> that's fine, but there's glory. There's glory to be had in that place for the Lord. What does he want us to see? He's calling us into the heavenly places where we're already seated with him. What does he want us to see in there and take and bring it back here? Um, so I would say in my journey with the Lord that I have always kind of had a more, you know, I've been more spiritually sensitive, you know, to the Lord, like since I first encountered him and, but, um, you know, when, when I got the message of righteousness and it was like all these things were just opening up more and more, I, st like, I still would say that I've probably experienced a lot, a lot of things that I feel like a lot of people may not have experienced, but I, I wanted more. I wanted more. And he wants us to want more. If Paul is the chief of sinners, I'm the chief of like the most needy daughter that there is. You know? Like I take the trophy for that. I'm so needy for him. I'm relentless, and he loves it. <laughs> and it's okay to be relentless, and it's okay to want more. Um, and so I was like, I want to encounter something more. I don't even know what I'm asking for, Lord. Um, and I had a friend who was actually praying for me that I would get this, this encounter, this kind of deeper stepping in, this further walking down the pathway. Um, and I was in Darwin. I was with just a group of younger girls. We'd gone into just a prayer room, having a bit of a pray. God was doing some cool stuff. And we walked out and we're, you know, just like chilling. Walked into um, what was then like the YFC office. Um, 
And Mark Greenwood was sitting, do you know him? Mark Greenwood was sitting in there. I don't know what happened, but within the space of the like 30 seconds of, of us walking into the building, all, all four or five of us girls were like just encountering God in a crazy way, you know, lying on the ground. Mark was basically like, <laughs> you know, what's going on here? And this was, this was um, kind of my first step into this space of encountering God and his intimacy in this new way. What, what I saw, I saw the cloud of God's presence around me. And it was so strong and powerful. And it wasn't just like the cloud of his presence, but it was, it was his love as well. It's like, how can you separate the two? How can you separate his presence from his love? And I felt, I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my, my body that my body actually in the natural could not withstand the weight and pressure of the power of his love for me. And the scripture came to my mind. It's when Paul says that you, that you may be strengthened with might, that's God's power, strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And that's when he's talking about being able to comprehend his love. And I was in it. <laughs> I was like, like if he left me in this moment, I'd be crushed. Like my body, I felt like my whole body would just be crushed. It was so powerful. And the thing about knowing the Lord more and entering more into encounter with him and seeing him, being with him, hearing him, is once you step down that path, it starts to create a groove. That, you know, you, if you go for walking and tra- I like going walking. Me and my dad and I have close friends I go walking with them. There's, there's these little trails that you find where people have just walked over and over and over. There's a trail to create. There's a trail. There's a trail that you can create. It's in here. The interior castle. God has chosen your heart your soul and your spirit to be the place where he resides. You don't need to go out there. You don't need to, you know, it's not outward. It's, it's in here. You already have it. So good. We miss out on so much because we don't know we already have it. Yeah. You know, I can, I can have this book. I can own this book. It can have my name written in this book. But if I never know, like, that I can pick it up and I never stop to read... I can't receive from this book. It goes the same for the Bible. (laughs) Um, I remember, you know, as I started, I was trying to cultivate this this inner life with him. I, I would just, I just picked a place that I would meet with him. And my little place with him was on a boat in the ocean. And so it was very, it was very like intentional. You know, I would, I would just see it in my mind. I would just go there. I'd just meet with him, talk with him. And it's a discipline not to come out, 
you have to say stay, stay to yourself. Don't come out, just stay there. And I did this over two or three years. And then one day the most craziest thing happened. I was, I was at a Jesus school and Jalil was preaching on faith and just in the middle of his preaching thing, I just encountered God in another crazy way where if all those times that I met with him, I could describe it to you like a 2D picture, this was 3D. It was like, this wasn't me going there anymore, this was him coming to me. And, and the scripture that came to mind was that, what Paul said, um, I don't know whether I was in the body or out. And he was standing there face to face and we were in a boat on this ocean and I could taste the salt in the air. And I came out of that and I was like levitating almost, you know, like I was just like, if you can just be before him and receive from him what he has to say, it'll change your life forever. Nothing set me free from the shame of the abuse that I experienced, you know, Nothing set me free by encountering the word. One thing that I want us to grab today is, yeah, like, receiving the word, the word, it says the fullness of God is in you. Fullness of God. I remember hearing that and going, God, how can the fullness of you be in me? You're like bigger than the universe. You know, you're like... <laughs> Do you know, apparently, um, so all the little DNAs in your body, if you took them and stretched them out and joined them all together, that they go around the solar system twice. Isn't that bizarre? It's like such a mystery. All of that fits in here. <laughs> He'll show you. He'll show you how his fullness fits in. And when you feel it, and when you see it, and when you hear it, it'll change everything. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance or unfolding of his word gives light. The entrance of his word gives light. When we receive his word, there's power. I saw it when Graham was sharing. I saw that when he received that prophetic word, I saw that he was changed inside. It changed something. We're called to be transformed into his image. Becoming yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to, I just want to kind of tie it up on just a little bit of a practical um, on what I've been sharing. How do we receive? I'm gonna just release some words. I'm going to release the word. 
and I want you to receive it when I say it. Feel it. See it. Close your eyes and see it. Feel it. Hear it. There's an active receiving. It's the word. It's union with him. I'm just going to give you a moment to close your eyes and just still yourself. Are you ready? That you may be filled with the fullness of him. fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness of him who feels all in all. You ready? This one's going to really knock you over. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. one. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to the one who believes. His divine power has granted us, granted to us, everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Last one. Make sure you receive all the juice out of it. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches 
of his grace in his kindness towards us. Lord God, I just pray that you would just release your grace over my brothers and sisters right now. That abundant grace that we need to receive all that you have for us. It's too abundant. I pray that you would strengthen each person in their inner being. so that they may stand and stare into your very face and know the love, the deep love and the mercy that you have for them every single day, never lacking. Take over their hearts, Lord. Take over my heart, Lord. In Jesus' name.